Onward to glory we go. It's episode eight of Insert Credit. I'm your host, Alex Gorblax Jaffe, and joining me once again is the triple-headed Cerberus of video game podcasting, Heartbreaker Frank Cifaldi, $50,000, Love Taker <laughs> Tim Rogers. Wait, what? I didn't hear what the word Love Taker Tim Rogers. Oh, I uh, take it, huh? And Wind Waker Brandon Sheffield. Oh man, is that a fart joke? Uh, <laughs> also joining us this week in our extra comfy guest seat is Insert Credits Hollywood correspondent Vito Giswaldi. How you doing? Hey, I am doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty well ourselves. There's been a little... I'm not doing very well. What? Don't speak for me. <laughs> no? Tim, <laughs> you're doing not doing well? I'm doing terribly. I've been, I've been a little bit under the weather. Not really. No, that's a joke. I mean, under the weather figuratively. Anyway, continue. I'm Ooh, sorry. You get above the weather. You got to be in a plane or something. Yeah. Or a hell. still got weather up there, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mostly lightning up there. Yeah. Past that certain height. Well, let's uh, uh, get Vito. Uh, <laughs> you're familiar with hey. the podcast, aren't you? I am familiar with the podcasting forum. Are you talking about your podcast in particular? Yes, we're talking about this podcast that you are on right now. Heck yes, I love the uh, Insert Credit Podcast. Anyway, for those of you tuning in for the first time, I'm going to ask you guys a question that nobody on the panel has ever heard before. Uh, Most of them I made up, and one of them I took from the listeners. You guys are going to have six minutes to answer it, and if you don't wrap it up before then, I'm going to play a terrifying sound effect and we will be forced to move on. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I I was ready like ten minutes ago. I know these guys are familiar with it, I'm a little worried myself, but I'm hoping I'll be able to handle it. I believe in you, Vito. Don't mess it up, Vito. Oh, God. Video game journalism lost a dear old friend this week, Nintendo Power Magazine. What would you have to say at this periodical's wake? I never read it. (laughs) You were cool when I was a kid. I really liked how Sega had a magazine uh, called Sega Force. Do you guys remember that? No. Sega Force was... Uh, it was an EGM thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a pack-in in EGM. That's so uh, awesome. But the official Sega magazine was Sega Visions. Sega Visions is not as good as Sega Force. <laughs> I think Sega Force was really awesome that they just totally blatantly went, yeah, we're just going to rip Nintendo Power's name here. <laughs> I think it sounded better. I think Nintendo Force sounds better than Nintendo Power. They'd still be around if they were called Nintendo Force. Probably. That's so the did, worst uh, did Nintendo did Nintendo finance that thing? So Nintendo ran it until like Future. 2005, and then uh, Future took it over. Way and, in the future. Uh, future. Well, Nintendo was not interested in renewing the contract, so it's just gonna die. I see. Um, that sucks. I, I, I had a very long phone call with Gail Tilden today, who was the first editor-in-chief of Nintendo Power. Ooh, nice. How'd that go? Uh, How was that? She says hi. Did she want to buy your Final Fantasy cartridge? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I talked to her a little bit. I'm, I'm going to do a, just a very quick article on how it started and why. And, you know, it was obviously like a, a promotional thing at the time. Uh, that it launched because it was made by Nintendo and it mostly mm-hmm. advertised Nintendo games and uh, Nintendo uh, Fun Club. Nintendo Fun Club, yes, was before. Which that. is actually a a a, a mistranslation of Nintendo Fan Club because fan and and fun are spelled the same way in Japanese. That's you why got- sometimes me and Brandon say, "Let's have a fan." 
Right. You guys used to get Nintendo Power in like the nineties, <laughs> or were you guys were probably yeah, like I was a kid getting Nintendo Power, and they used to come with the challenge cards. If you I was a subscriber them. from issue number two. I was from uh, issue number ten, the Batman cover. I remember reading a letter to the editor in an issue of Nintendo Power that blew my mind. Uh, some kid wrote in, realizing one of the Koopa kids in Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario World is named Morton Koopa Jr. So does that mean that Bowser's real name is Morton? That is true. That is true. <laughs> that kid. That kid is god darn observant. That's amazing. Does that wow. mean that? Does that mean that Mario's first name is Super? No, it's not because there's regular Mario. Did you guys see the? Uh, there was like a uh, what do you call it? An obituary for Nintendo Power by Cliff Blazinski on Kotaku. Did you guys see that? <clears throat> no, I, I saw the headline. Yeah, I saw. I, I I went and read it. It was neat. He was he was in issue one of Nintendo Power for the top score in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that's the only thing I know about that magazine. Oh, really? I know. Uh, I like the old story where issue two they had the Castlevania cover, which had Simon Belmont holding like a demon skull that he had just chopped off, and it was like a real scary picture. Yeah, that was so awesome. I yeah, love how I they did those th- those covers. So well, those, those early covers. Nightmares from the second cover. Like, I guess it scared a bunch of kids. So afterwards, like Nintendo Power's policy was like only bright, colorful Mario images for the colors or for the covers. That first cover was a mind blower with that clay Mario, that like hot glue Mario sculpture. And so that, oh, that was uh, uh, that was clay. And oh, it was I, clay. I, I found out today it was done by the uh, claymation studio that did all the the California raisin specials. That's oh. incredible. So so Brandon Brandon, while uh, while me and my brother and uh, our neighbors were huddled around issue one of Nintendo Power, marveling at Super Mario Brothers two. What were you doing? Were you sitting in your uh, in, in your bedroom with black painted walls going, man, I hope Bonk comes out real soon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to anticipate the future. No, I, I, I wonder, I hope a game called Bonk comes out really soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, not, I did not have a finish for until I was nine years old. So uh, did you I have- would have had very little use for a Nintendo Power because I did not really know what that was. You weren't on the train then. It, I mean, we, we were all on the train already. Well, yeah. if Nintendo Power is Nintendo Power and Sega's comic is uh, magazine is Sega Force, what would the Turbo Graphics magazine be called? Turbo Graphics Nitro. Actually, uh, <laughs> there was one. I, I think it was Turbo Force. Turbo Force. I think it was. It, uh, what was it called? How about Turbo Physics? That could have been called. Just, just, just have an umbrella term around. There were two of them. There were, there was one that was done by Flint, and then there was one that was done by the Game Pro guys. I don't remember. There's, I think one of them was Turbo Force. I don't remember the other one. Was the Game Pro guys the name of the Game Pro publisher? It was IDG. Oh, I, I was. That was a joke, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is not something to joke about, Tim. Well, in this case, IDG stands for I don't get it. No, that's, I, that's IDG lowercase i. Nintendo Power always had great posters, though. That was the reason to get I it. Those posters. So Nintendo Power is dead. Also, the era of really fun video games that you have no idea were coming, uh, arriving suddenly. With uh, it, that era is also gone. So I agree. I agree with that. I guess Turbo Play. Turbo Play was the other one. Turbo Play. Turbo Play. That's that's a surprisingly modern video game magazine name for that long ago. Okay, uh, let's yeah. move on. 
<laughs> so we we all spoke at the wake. We all did. Yes, we all spoke at the wake, and you were all terrible. And Nintendo Power's family is gravely I wish insulted. Blanc would come it's out. Kinda, it's kind of sad. <laughs> I used to, you know, I used to get really excited for the catalogs Nintendo Power had because you would get stamps. I All tried right. to end this with dignity, Vito, and you would not let me. Let's God darn it. Well, Sorry. Vito, yeah, I'm real reluctant to have lunch with you again in Los Angeles. God damn it. <laughs> this is hard, you guys. It's my first time. In the spirit right. of visceral games, Dante's Inferno, design a game based on Don Quixote. Oh, my lord. <laughs> I've been That'd doing be that in my head since I was like nine years old. I, it, it would be a lot like Mother 3, which is not to the tone of this question, though, so... Well, let's tell it anyway. I mean, it would. I, I would just like to make a crazy episodic little RPG with with like Mother Three graphics. It would be fantastic. It really is about. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. It, it really is about time we had a a, a super excellent um, like adventure game in Spanish. Yeah. yeah, entirely in Spanish. I'd play it. That's what that was written in. I've been yeah. playing a lot of uh, Darksiders too, and I gotta say, I could take a lot of inspiration from that game. You just ride your donkey into battle, and there's these big Gundam-looking windmill monsters. I think Darksiders yeah. 2 is basically what. Yeah, th- what that is Don the Quixote, game. The, the Dante's Inferno Visceral Games game would look like. I'm imagining, I would definitely- like, uh, you know how in Arkham Asylum you have that uh, detective vision that turns everything blue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine in the Don Quixote game you would have a night vision, but with a K, that made you see everything the way Don Quixote sees it. No, no, yeah. it, it should be the inverse. It should be you see things by default the way Don Quixote sees them, and then you have like a, a, a normal dude vision that will show you the way uh, – the Panza vision. <laughs> Panza vision. The way, the way Sancho Panza sees them. Panza vision should be – From a really, different camera angle. Yeah, it should be really limiting and kind of hard to use. Yeah, because uh, Don Quixote had a hard time of of keeping a grip on reality, right? So it would, you know, like you said, a different camera angle. I like that. Maybe you can't see everything, but maybe you're given you're some seeing, clues as to what's actually going on when you switch over. You're seeing from wherever Sancho is. Yeah. I would very much uh, prefer, rather than a, a toggle that you can choose to have have uh, it kind of lapse in and out, mm-hmm. so that you have kind of an unreliable narrator situation where. Uh, you're you're always doing what Don Quixote wants to do, but um, sometimes you have to t- sometimes you have to push your way through to actually just f- fighting a windmill and figuring out how to do that because like he's kind of he's he's occasionally comes to grips with reality and uh, but doesn't want to um, you know let on that he's doing anything untoward. I, I don't feel like that. That this so far would get EA dollars to be made. Though. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a Dante's Inferno style thing. I mean, there needs to be he's got, fire. Okay, more boobs. He's got. Yeah, there's got to be breasts everywhere, and Don Quixote has to be wearing like glistening armor with like thorns on it. Here's mm. a question: How do you do an obnoxious, offensive Dante's Inferno style marketing campaign for the Don Quixote video game? God, I don't know. I remember their their marketing campaign was really bad for Dante's partner, Inferno. Partner, partner, those. Ticate, Ticate, there you go. Wait, yeah, Ticate's Ticate. Mexican though. Yeah, well, it, I I think that's that would make it more offensive. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> if they're like, it's all the same. Whatever, Mexican beer, Spanish. Who cares? So, so, Dulcinea so, pose nude and Playboy. Yeah, so, there you don't, go. so don't quicksote will uh, will uh, <laughs> will suck down a tea cake at the yeah. end of every level. 
Don Quixote. He he gets himself a delicious tea. So can. Is it, will it be set in modern times? Yeah, it'll be like a gritty like Devil May Cry reboot. Pound and, and his name will be Donald. Uh, and <laughs> he's an Iraq War veteran. <laughs> she called Oh God, yeah, we're getting there now. Donnie Q. Takes place in New Mexico, because I mean the old Mexico. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Uh, just for the, the the listeners' sake, I realized that Don Quixote is uh, uh, not about Mexico. Yes. I just I just want to like make that. sure that you guys know that I, I I'm not I'm not that ignorant. <laughs> because uh, yeah. Well, yeah. if it's said in the modern day in New Mexico, then Don Quixote is definitely an alien conspiracy theorist. Yeah, well, well that, that's the thing, yeah. So you end, up, aliens or, uh... you end up at Area 51, which is full of aliens, even though Area 51 is just a boring you know, military base. There's nothing there. So Panzer Vision helps you – Panzer Vision helps you see which aliens are real and which ones are part of Don Quixote's imagination. And is Sancho Panza like his social worker or something here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So he's oh, like oh. high on crank, which lets him see all the stuff that's going on. And he's and it's and he's got like a broom and he's wielding it like an M sixteen. Yeah. And he was never <laughs> the, the big twist, he was never actually in Iraq. He was all in his head. No, his brother died in Iraq. That's the Oh big man. <laughs> oh god, this is getting pretty horrible. His brother <laughs> Miguel His brother Miguel as in not an awake tip. Oh my god, his mother Miguel. His there, mother. Or his brother Miguel. Oh. Whoa. I his... think Sancho Panza should probably be a lady because you have to have the boobs right up in the All front. Right. What's her name if it was Sancho? Her name can't be Sancho. Yeah. Maria. Yeah. Her, name, her name would just be Maria. Yeah. Yeah. Maria Panza would be her name because they figure his first the first name's not important. And because she's a girl, she's cowering from all of his horrible deeds. So that's why you only get the one limited camera angle when you switch to Panzer Vision. But she gets right back up again like nothing ever happened as soon as it's over. And then she kind of walks over, kind of like readjusting herself as though she were a tank. And yes. uh, she immediately begins talking about the next objective. Like the boss explodes, and like just as the explosion sound effect is fading out, she goes, "All right, Donald, it looks like we need to get home now. Let's <laughs> find the elevator with the green button or something." Yeah, yeah and then her, right. her her bodice would probably have to rip increasingly. Oh man, that sound was not terrible enough. I agree. I'll have to do my best to make it more terrible. How yeah. did the shmup genre become so culturally linked to the moe aesthetic? Okay, listen, uh, we're not oh saying Christ. that word on the Insert Credit podcast. Think he's, only, he's only saying that because last time you said you don't like the word shmup. That, that is – that is okay. Word, and then and – then, yeah. You prefer cutemups? No. You guys are, you're talking about Toho, right? Toho? Yeah, we're talking about Toho, Death Smiles, that whole movement. How did right, I had a buddy, man. I, I have I a buddy who, who lives in Massachusetts. He works as a male nurse. You know, he makes a decent wage. And I was like, "Hey, it's going to be Anime Expo in Los Angeles on the other side of the country." And he's like, "When is that? In a week?" All right, I'm going to spend six hundred dollars so I can dress up as a Toho character Which with one? all the other one of the uh, there's uh, like eight hundred of them. All I know is that I'm on the train with this kid dressed in a dress, and he kept running around. He was so excited about everybody else wearing a dress for this shooter game that they don't, don't even play it. They don't know how to play shooters, and um, I guess people really like these weird characters. 
Yeah, so here's here's the reason as far as I'm aware. So uh shooters in Japan, which is the only place they're actually still really popular. I mean, oh, and by really yeah. popular, I mean 10,000 people buy them. Um You mean by shooters, you mean the shoot 'em up games that we're talking about not I do. I, do. I mean scrolling shooters. Shoot not Call of Duty. Um Shmups. so they kept they kept uh getting more difficult and that's where the kind of uh uh, curtain fire Don Maku genre came from was Don Maku was just um, you know catering to people that that were getting better and better at these games and needed additional complexity and so they were just getting to the tip of the pyramid like you know uh, um, when they rebooted Street Fighter they were talking about how uh, you know they 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 had done that with with Street Fighter three and they wanted to get back down to the level where anyone could pick it up and shooting games never shooters never really quite got there. Uh, and so as they kept getting more and more complex, they started to cater to a very specific type of audience. And that is a very, uh, kind of otaku audience. And these, a lot of these games start, that started getting popular were coming out of the doujin game culture, which has generally, you know, the only place you can buy those things if you buy a physical copy is in a store that also sells, you know, anime pornography. Like that, that's the, those are the stories you, you can't buy them in a normal video game store. <laughs> you can only buy them in a place that is right next to like women's faces and boobs covered in semen. Like that. Faces you, and boobs. It's not, it's not semen. It's, it's, it's mystery substance. Yeah, mystery substance. Anyway, um. Special sauce. It's not a normal video game store. And it's not their faces and boobs, it's their whole bodies usually. Well, it depends. With, with uh, lumpy, lumpy coagulations are. in specific places. But, uh, such as face and boobs. You know, I, I thought the question. Thanks for was listening, Mom. <laughs> Is this what you asked? I thought you were asking about Moai as in the Moai head. Moai. Moai. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because I want to know where that came that from. That was great. It's a way more interesting question. Of why, why yeah. oh, I'm going to finish answering this one, though. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Which ahead. is uh, <laughs> that be, because that because of that environment, um, people started to expect it out of that. And uh, the, when the Toho games got incredibly popular, not just among shooting fans, but among the doujin crowd in general, just the people that like this kind of anime stuff, um, like fan-made stuff, a whole culture um, was created around that guy's products. Like you go into one of those stores and there is a full wall of soundtrack re- uh, remixes of his soundtracks, the stuff that this guy has done. And there are visual novels based on his characters and, and manga that people have drawn and and this kind of stuff. And so it's it's simply because that, like all of that stuff led to it becoming popular in Japan, which is the place that it's popular, and so um, you know they just basically, if they, if you want to sell copies, you have to pander to that to that audience is the thought, and so that's where it goes. But like the kids who like Toho, they don't play sh- like there's probably more of them who just like Toho. They don't play the games, I bet. Well, yeah, like, they play them like for a weekend and go. I think okay. they choke the games down. They choke them down from what from as far as I can tell. Yeah. I think it's it's just because. Such a culture has come up around that guy. Like you, you can play a Toho fighter and you can play a Toho visual novel. And well, it's one of those things where I think the kids get to think like it's their own thing, where they go, "Oh, it's not made by 
I don't know. I, do, I, I feel like Death Smiles is not really a part of the Toho thing. I feel like that's its own it's thing. It's a cave entirely. game, but well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's cave. It's not part of... It's, it's, not part it's of borrowing some of, some of the Toho audience, though. So yeah, is Moe like, and shooters really getting that firmly connected? I don't... There's this whole subgenre of shoot-em-ups colloquially referred to as cutem ups em ups Right. The, the, like Odomedius. Yeah. Oh, Which I got first, that Odomedius. That game that sucks. Came, it came with a pillowcase in America. Yeah, I bet you have that pillowcase in your hands right now, don't you? No, I keep it in a special place. Shut up. <laughs> but so I, I what I what I just generally think, and this is uh, my observation of living in Japan for nearly ten years. By the way, I moved out two years ago. I'm I'm not there anymore. Stop asking me to hang out. Uh, my friends, who I think I told, I'm not living here anymore. Two years ago, uh, uh, I just kind of noticed a kind of collection of all pop cultures are kind of being sucked into one vortex. Yeah. So. It, like Moe and Shmup had some sort of association, so they kind of got irreparably fused. And uh, Square and Enix. God darn it! Whoa! God darn it! This so is, during that yeah. last question, I just want to point out that I, I, this is very interesting. I just got an email from Nintendo Fun Club President Howard Phillips. So oh, I'm, I like cool, that guy. I'm the coolest guy. So go. You are the coolest guy. This or is as it develops. This is question <laughs> number four. If you're keeping track at home, who would win in a fight between Gabe Newell and Gabe from Penny Arcade? Oh my God! I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Well, well, which which one is Gabe in Penny Arcade? Uh, the the skinnier one. The, the Pac-Man T-shirt. Do you okay, mean so we're, we're going fictional Gabe, not the real person he's based. No, we're doing real Gabe. I'm right. imagining an amalgam of uh, real and fictional Gabe, like like a, like a oh. like a Go Tanks. No, we can't do that because one. <laughs> One is a cartoon character and could easily die and resurrect, and the other is a real guy. So we got to do the real guys. Rabbit. I know real there's guy. only one way to kill a tune. <laughs> the dip. I've seen I've seen Gabe in real life. Not, well, they're both Gabe. I'm an I've idiot. seen the both of them. I've seen the both of them as well. And Gabe Newell sure is a lot no. bigger. Yeah, yeah he's but he's slower. Good. Way slower. He's slower. And but they both have a lot of money. So you uh, I reckon I reckon Zangief is a, a very top tier, a super Street Fighter player. So, I know that people slow have, guys are all right. People have definitely created uh, custom Soul Calibur characters of both of them. I know I've seen Valve Gabe kick some ass. God, I, I'm sure Valve uh, Gabe has a beard now, if you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. That was a Kotaku post. Valve Gabe has a beard. So, <laughs> it's this like, just in. that on Kotaku <laughs> Core? Was that on a Kotaku Core? Uh, no, it wasn't on the Core. And I think the first comment was, WTF, why do you guys keep posting about stuff like this? You know, I come here to read news. It's like, you know, people don't notice Kotaku Core. But he has a beard, so he's a big dude with a huge beard now. So, And the other guy is a guy who could use a beard because his chin is kind of non-existent. He has yeah. a beard sometimes. He has yeah. a beard. Um, he has one of those little Satan goatees. So. Okay. Also, I think uh, based on having seen him a few times across the years, he has been um, exercising and working out. Uh, oh. Penny, Ar- Penny Arcade's Gabe. Oh, he's got so, one of those UFC-looking tattoos on his arm too. I'm pretty sure that ping pong, if that sets things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think, Ooh, I think that tattoo means one of their Kickstarter rewards. One of their Kickstarter rewards is you can play ping pong with them. The ping pong thing might be a game changer for this fight, though. 
I, I think that Gabe Newell would win the fight because Valve has a, a lot more employees and he could just get them to all come fight with him. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. And he's, he, you know, they're, they're so loyal to this guy that they probably wouldn't let Gabe do anything to him. But, if but then again, run, Gabe. Many uh, arcade fans like psychos? Yeah, yeah, but so are Steam fans. Yeah, Valve so, fans but, are also psychos. But Everybody's they, a, a psycho. Lot of, as far as I mean, all psychos. I think every Penny Arcade fan is also a Steam fan, though. I think more of the I think the Penny Arcade fans would be more likely to mobilize than Steam fans. They'd just be like, "Well, Gabe Newell, Gabe Newell isn't Valve." Gabe Newell. Gabe Newell. Gabe Newell. That's what they call him in the uh, war in the war era campaign posters. Yep. I think that's in, what, in the Moe version. I think that's what they call him in uh, in on the Counter Strike message boards. That was a really one right there. That was a good joke. Um, I, I think that uh, you're, you guys are forgetting that uh, Eric from Old Man Murray uh, works at Gay, at Valve. So, oh yeah, right. So right. So I'm not, I'm not seriously. I think that this has to be so, down to the individual versus the individual. No, I'm just saying that. Like what I'm saying is, Gabe has no doubt inherited some of that uh, that blogging power you know some of that internet presence power uh that he would be able to uh defeat gabe from penny arcade because gabe from penny arcade is what friends with Tycho. yeah uh, Tycho is a pretty good writer i think as far as uh writer associates go gabe newell has uh the stronger boost well yeah but they're in an arena they're in an arena they're yeah someone has to die gabe newell's gonna do it man Gabe's no, got that whole kill? cardboard tube samurai thing, which just seems like a way Cardboard tube ain't going to get through that, if you know what I'm talking yeah. about. He just got a million dollars for not having ads on his darn website. Cardboard tube, ain't, cardboard tube ain't getting through that, man. Okay, just look. I'm, I'm, I pulled up pictures. If you just look in their eyes, Gabe looks... No, I'm sorry. Gabe from Valve <laughs> um, looks way more dangerous. He looks way more capable of snapping and... And forgetting what pain feels like, and just like charging forward, and and, and if you uh, if you Photoshop a Viking helmet on each of them, it would uh, not look out Gabe, of place. Gabe, it, it won't look out of place on Gabe from uh, Valve on Valve. Gabe. Gabe Newell is like if we were plunged into a Mad Max like future society. It looks like he would be like the fat tribal leader. He'd yeah. have like a breastplate yeah. hanging off of his yeah, so. like armor made of tires and like a big mace. Yeah, he would have like a couple of tires jammed onto his wrists. A harem of women, like you dare, you dare. <laughs> yeah, whereas Gabe Penny Arcade Gabe is just going to be kind of. Uh, He's like with the shitty comic relief of the Mad Max universe. Like, let's get him, boss, and then gets, you know. He's in the passenger seat yeah. with, with his head in his hands going, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening, Mad Max. <laughs> exactly. He calls him Mad Max. <laughs> whereas whereas uh, uh, Goddard Valve Gabe, yeah. you know, they're gonna you're going to get Valve Gabe uh, in the arena, in the Thunderdome, and he's just going to. He'd probably kill Mad Max in the Thunderdome. He probably has blood uh, pouring from his chin right now as we speak. Yeah, I think they have. They they probably have cow's blood in a decanter in their famous Valve snack bar. They probably just for Gabe. Just for Gabe. <laughs> so while I totally disagree with your answer, it seems a consensus has been reached, and so I'm going to share a a little story. Nope, I'm not. 
Ah, little story. Hey, don't share no stories. You should have shared the story while we were having, while we were floundering in that horrible discussion. <laughs> Question number five. In the year 2002, on this date, you receive a prophecy on how the video game industry will develop over the next ten years. What do you do with this foreknowledge? Buy stock. All the stock. Yep. Um, yeah. Buy, buy a whole bunch of stock in Zynga. Well, I wouldn't believe it because I didn't believe any of the free-to-play stuff way back then. Anyway, so I probably would just... Uh, I'm never going to, yeah. Just ignore it. That's what I'd do. I buy stock. like a pretty okay guy. Just keep playing baseball. No, no, this, this, how, I don't know what the delivery method for this thing is, but do I trust the source? You get a vision of how it's going to play out. Ten years okay. worth of visions. So it's not like I get a press release in my inbox or something. No, you get like, like a real, like a time traveler who comes to your house, proves that he is a time traveler. Like he okay. has an iPhone. Frank, Frank have you seen you. that so Raven? Have you ever seen like, that so Raven, Frank? Obviously. <laughs> like that so Raven. <laughs> Okay. Ah, yes. uh, okay. Like a Raven type scenario. Classic time travel. So he goes. He goes. Look at this. This is this is a phone in the future. This is what phones look like in the future. Look at this game, Angry Birds. He's like that. Like I remember being a Tokyo Game Show. Brandon probably remembers this. Two thousand three or so. Uh, two thousand no two thousand four. There was like a huge booth that was like mobile games. Mobile games are the future, and it was like as big as the Nintendo booth, right? And we were just like. What? Why do they have a whole booth for this? Who cares about mobile games? Meanwhile, there were people who were like, who actually could see that far down the pipe, and they were like, "Yeah, the mobile games are going to be pretty big." I would have invested in uh, some mobile game companies. Yeah, we all would have invested. Um, Outside of the stock thing, let's say, you know, is there is there a way to use this information to change the world for the better? Yeah, that's more what I was thinking. I well, would, I would have money, so the world would be better. Yeah, it'd be oh. better for me. And yeah. and I'm going to say who I would have invested in just before we move on, because I wanted to. I was just a broke college student. When I went to uh, E3 2001 and I saw the Korea Pavilion, and, yeah. uh, and there were just all these companies there, and I was like, hey, these guys can do some pretty good stuff, and nobody's ever even heard of them. And... Uh, and I started getting all interested in the Korea stuff. The companies I wanted to invest in were uh, were CJ Internet, uh, which is ginormous. Um, uh, TT Soft, which then wound up doing the, uh, the the game Audition, which was played by millions and millions of people. Um, and uh, Sonary, which um, which then one branch of them got. Uh, Bought by Nexon, and man, I would be the richest goddamn guy right now. Yeah, sadness. You'd be really rich, and then you wouldn't have to cry so much. Yeah, it would be better. Because it really sucks. I would have invested in Nexon probably. I think. Yeah. Is Nexon doing good right now? I thought they weren't doing good. Is that a joke? They're they're like the CEO is one of the richest people in the world. Yeah, they made yeah. they made that cart rider game. I thought they lost all the money. What, doing doing what? No, they never did. They they. Uh, Nexon or, is Nexon USA a different thing? Nexon USA at one point did close down their Los Angeles office, but never ceased be, being incredibly pop, uh, profitable. Mm. Okay, I just saw something where it was like, you know, people have been soured on investing in online games because of the Nexon thing, but I didn't read more than two seconds of it. 
In Korea, mm-hmm. it's it's still booming like a goddamn shotgun. Yeah, I think I'm thinking of Nexon USA. I tried I to think... get a job at the Nexon, but they don't want me to translate no Korean video games. Looks like you're just going to have to wait for the next one then. Uh, so I think rather than the money angle, I would just invent every cool game ever. Into I was I was going to say yeah. I'd rip off Angry Birds. I'd make yeah. I would make like the exact <laughs> I would just make Angry Birds by myself in Unity. Uh, well, he would maybe, make maybe Unity first, right? I would in afternoon. <laughs> I would make Angry Birds by myself uh, in Flash and get it really popular on the internet. Put it I, out a month before Angry Birds actually uh, comes out. Yeah, like but the, wasn't the, Angry Birds <laughs> based on a free Flash game anyway? Yeah, it was. But there are things, there are lessons that Angry Birds had learned, and it was one of them was timing. Like it came out right place, right time. Whereas the free Flash games that it quote unquote ripped off were not exactly out at the right time, right? Ah. And uh, also, there's just interface. Uh, the the uh, there's just a whole lot of smoothness to it. There's just stuff to the game. It's just polished in a way that the other games weren't. I mean, no offense if any of those other guys are sitting in their cardboard boxes right now listening to this podcast. Yeah, like, so you got ripped off, baby. I'm sorry. We'd love to have you on our show. Yeah, I would love to talk to some of those guys. That'd be great. Barring the ability to invest, I would definitely tell myself to not buy a first generation Nintendo DS because that thing was stupid. I would, I would pour all of my personal time into learning to make video games. I would go back to two weeks ago and tell myself not to get a 3DS. Oh man! You gotta get that XL, baby. Uh, That's right. X gonna give it to you. They should man. just call it Nintendo 3DS, the big one. That's what they should. So, Jaffe, if you had uh, changed the the uh, the timing on this a little bit, because 2002 is a little bit too late for this, I would really like to uh, just with with all of my investment um, buy Sega. And uh, save them and make a cool Sega that everyone could enjoy. Well, but we I would can do that now. I would need to begin that from the uh, from the uh, Dreamcast period. And that's the break. Uh, we'll see you in a little bit. You are listening to the Insert Credit Podcast. Hello, my name is Andrew Toops, and I am the audio editor of this fine podcast. I'd first like to apologize for last week's crappy sound. I'm sorry. Now, I'd like to share my idea for an actual good Superman game. In my game, Superman would indeed be completely invincible. He would also have full access to the near-unlimited uses of his superpowers from the start. If a single civilian is killed or even hurt, the game ends. Each level would be an airtight, near-impossible scenario plotted out by one of Superman's villainous rivals. You could have the classic situation where two hostages are held on opposite sides of Metropolis and will die at the same time unless you intervene. Because you can move at super speed, effectively freezing time, the game would involve planning, strategy, and puzzle-solving rather than reflex-based beat-em-up action. Of course, devising situations difficult enough to stand against your godlike superpowers, yet solvable with the clever application thereof, would be a significant design challenge. But I believe it could be done, and the result would be a delightful thinking man's game, which is also faithful to the core concept of Superman. Welcome back to the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gorblax Jaffe, 
And joining me this week is Frank Cifaldi. Hello. Tim Rogers. Yeah, what's up? Brandon Sheffield. Mm-hmm. And Vito Giswaldi. Hey. Let's get right back on track with question number six. Let's play a little game of Antiques Roadshow. A praise for me, say, the only real copy in the world of the lost NES demo for Final Fantasy II. Oh, jeez. Well, $50,000. 599 U.S. dollars. 599 U.S. dollars. <laughs> what, was, what was Brandon's bid? What was Brandon's bid? 599 U.S. dollars. I'm going to go with 600, Bob Barker. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Vito's closest without going over. Yes! Do you want to know what the actual offers are? Because I could do that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's hear those. Absolutely. All right. Uh, for the uninitiated, uh, Frank has a copy of the only real copy of, of Final Fantasy, the cartridge, Final Fantasy II, uh, beta for the old Nintendo Entertainment System, or NES, uh, and it's on eBay for $50,000. Okay, so I've gotten 83 offers. Um, That's a lot. About 75 of those are some variation of $1. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, most of them $1, jerks. some of them $0.99, cents, some of them like $125. Um, the highest offer I have gotten is, uh, as of this recording uh, is seven thousand five hundred dollars. Seven thousand five hundred, right. or is it seven thousand five hundred, or is it seven thousand four hundred ninety-nine U.S. dollars? It's uh, five. It's seven thousand five hundred exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna do seven thousand five hundred and one. Oh man! Oh man! Vito is really good at the prices, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get at that shit. One dollar, Bob. One dollar. On a spin. Play <laughs> <laughs> Plinko. Yes. God, Plinko, Plinko is so good. If only there were a game as good as Plinko. I guess Peggle is almost. Yeah, Peggle, Peggle is Plinko. Plinko. Uh, Frank, for been... those of our listeners who are unfamiliar, you're some kind of video game historian, right? That's what it said um, on. I think it was uh, Mashable.com. Yeah. Good old Mashable. 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 <laughs> yep. Mashable. Tell us a little bit about uh, your video game museum, then, and what qualifies you to sell Final Fantasy II, the demo for the NES. Oh, I have a museum? That's cool. His house is a museum. Yeah. Just My like the Adams family. Part of a museum. <laughs> what qualifies you to sell this item? What gives um, you the right, you big you jerk? Right sell your property, <laughs> jackass. Well, we done bought it nine years ago. And uh, it's uh, not my property, technically. It's someone else's. So uh, why don't you sell it? And why don't you just dump the ROM and give it to the people instead of <laughs> you trying sure. to get the Why would you it? keep this to yourself? Yeah, man. I'm asking just, for fifty thousand dollars. I'm just holding it for ransom because I hate Final Fantasy and video games. You know what? You know what? Maybe explain that uh, Frank did actually dump this from as soon as he got it many years ago. Yes, that was just, just in case people didn't joke. understand the joke. Yeah, yeah in I, fact, was, I was expecting Frank to answer the joke with "I did dump the ROM nine years ago." That wouldn't be a joke then. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be a joke. Yeah, I did. In fact, that's why I have it. I've run. Well, I used to run. I don't know if I still run a website called Lost Levels, where that's exactly what we do. We get games that never came out, and we dump the ROM, and then everyone gets it for free, and then uh, we don't have any money left. Um, Yeah, it's great. Um, So this particular one um, we got and held on to, and I want to see if it's worth more money now, which it is, because we paid $1,000 for it. Maybe if you sell it, you can bring back LostLevels.org? Well, I'd kind of have to quit my job to <laughs> do it the way I want to. And yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. And also, um, this isn't technically mine, and yeah. money that 
uh, comes in from this will be going to the guy who owns it. Ah. Now, we haven't mentioned the, the video response that was made to your disgusting audience. Yeah, I think we were going to just get to that, weren't we? Okay. Yeah. yeah, like my my favorite comment on that horrible, horrible video response by a guy who doesn't understand capitalism or video games uh, was a guy goes, yeah, $50,000 sounds like a cash grab to me. It's like that was that was pretty funny. I was like, I was like, oh god. Well, I like the uh, video response to the video response, and and I and I like Tim's comment on it that he has like a a microscopic nervous breakdown at least five times in the first three minutes. He's just like you can see it. He'll just like he'll be talking and then he'll stop talking and kind of look to the side and twitch a little bit and then start. Yeah, it's like such a tiny, tiny twitch, like this imperceptible tiny. It's like his brain is just you know rebooting. Like and he's got a really he's got one of those flash drives in there, so it reboots very quickly. So it's just I want to take my shirt off and record some sort of video response. You should do it. Do it, Vito. Tell tell the guy uh, that he doesn't understand capitalism. I wonder what uh, NES cartridge I can get and be like, why isn't anyone giving me ten thousand dollars for this year, Battletoads? Tell them exactly where they can find a level nine Zekrom. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, so the, it sounds like a cash grab to me. It's like, well, somebody has to buy it, and then it's like, you know, anybody who they're like all like ninety nine percent of the comments are like, you'd have to be an idiot to buy this. This guy's just preying on stupid people. It's like, if what, you know, what kind of stupid person is going to have fifty thousand dollars to spend on a video game? I don't know. Okay, I've met some, definitely, yeah. and they're all CEOs of companies. Yep. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> so they have more than $50,000. Chances yeah. are, if they're detached enough to spend $50,000 on a video game, they have billions more, or millions more at least. So on, some the, on the subject of $50,000, um, what no one seems to understand is that it's or best Not, yeah. for <laughs> like, it's a, you put I it, don't actually expect anyone to pay me $50,000 for this. They should do. Oh, so that's why a lot of the comments on the video who were calling you a cash grab. Oh, man. I feel like it's shrieked aloud. so important. <laughs> God darn it. Too bad. Number seven. How can we bridge the gap between those who exclusively play sports games and those who play everything but sports games? Put footballs in every game. <laughs> Just have it all about footballs. I want a football cannon in every um, FPS. Wait, American or uh, or or rest of world football? Um, I football, am thinking football. of American football, but rest of world football, sure, why not? Do you, hear, do you hear the accent that I'm speaking with? What kind of football do you think I'm talking about? Football. You should have Tom Brady as a DLC playable character. Football, footballs, should, and Tom Hardy as well. Is Tom <laughs> Brady from the Brady Bunch? Yes. yes. Yeah. He was. He was the. He was the maid for the house. I in think so. Like, like between people who play anything but sports games, th- that's a long. Like, I guess a lot of people just don't play the sports games, and then the people who play sports games only play sports games. Is your hypothesis, yes. Jaffe? I'm not sure that's true because I think people that play sports games also play Call of Duty and occasionally, um, and they probably these days, who knows? They probably play uh, Angry Birds on their dang phone. My roommate is one of those sports guys, and he plays the Madden. And he really like, likes the, the the coaching simulator. I'm like, you know, there's just like a coaching only version, and he got really excited. I think that came out in like 2008. Does he play the 2K? 
He no, he just plays the Madden, and sometimes he'll play Call of Duty Two. That you know? Madden or Call of Duty Three? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like those are just. Uh, I, I I feel well, like we got we got a bridge. We got to go from the other side too. So yeah. We got to put Michael Jordan in Call of Duty. Yeah, put Michael Jordan into Call of Duty. Wait, no, that's not helpful though because it. The presumption I'm making is that put Charles, the guys who quote unquote Charles, only play put Charles sports. Barkley in Final Fantasy. <laughs> Charles well, Barkley in to, Kingdom Hearts would be the best thing. Yeah, there you go. Kingdom Barkley. Would 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 Kingdom it be Barks. a Barkley world? Would it be like? Going yeah, just into, it would be called Hoopatania. I think it would actually be awesome if you had a favorite sports star in every action game you buy. It's just like, do you want to use the Charles Barkley avatar that you bought already? I think, go, yeah. I think a lot of people are trying to do that bridge to gap thing, and I think it's happening in like subtle ways. And I, I, this is not a direct answer to the question, but I see in AAA – like a lot of games, like like right now, you've got your roommate who plays Call of Duty and Madden, and that's it. Yep. Like some people are are conspiring, maybe even right now, to build a couple more of those yearly franchises so that it's like four games that those guys play instead of two, and maybe one of those games is a game normal people would want to play. Normal Everybody people. Keeps, normal people. The normals are the people who play anything but sports and. Uh, the normal people are the people who play every Final Fantasy. See, my roommate, though, he's like one of those guys. A lot of these sports guys, they buy Madden for like $15, like the five-year-old version, and they don't care. They never buy the next one because there's no point. I think... uh, And those guys are so smart. Yeah, They're so smart. God, I wish I could be that guy. Well, actually, (laughs) to be uh, totally uh, clear, I think when the new Madden comes out, the previous Madden plummets in price and then they buy the previous madden yeah that's great that's how the midwest is there everybody's a year behind except for the the baller people who get the new one they want the they want they want the new madden the people oh you go to jim bob's house he got the new madden he's got the new madden he's got the new madden over there oh we got the old one he's got madden 13 it's not even 2013 yet how to get it? You went to the future. Get the Madden. <laughs> my friend, uh, my friend who works at a games, uh, a game retailer in San Diego called Luna Video Games. Luna. Um, he uh, he gets a lot of you know t- tweakers coming in with a bag full of Madden. you know loose Madden uh, 2003s. It's full of Maddens. And and gets really violently upset when they can only get like twenty five cents have, for that bag. Have people come into the place like that all all day must really be maddening. Yeah. Uh, I got it. I got that joke. <laughs> oh, also, it is worth pointing out that the number one most asked question at Game Stops in America is, "Y'all got that Madden?" <laughs> I used to that work is, at a GameStop. Me too. You want to know a great uh, GameStop trick? I don't know if they still do this. But this used to be par for the course. Is people would pre-order Madden, yeah, like the full amount down. It's and the then most just, pre-ordered. But then for some reason, people just forget about it. For yeah. like, two, we'd have like Madden pre-orders for like 2005. It'd be like 2007. Hmm. So the GameStop people, we would just go. They would just go in, cancel the pre-order, put it on a fifty-dollar gift card, and buy Disgaea or whatever else came out. Yeah, that is definitely a trick. The another trick at GameStop was uh when, your was when somebody comes in, you know, like feverish and sweaty, the day Madden comes out and they go, Y'all got that Madden? You know, because they're like they're they're scared that it's sold out. 
and you've got like 900 copies under the counter, like because yeah. there's just like a stack under the counter. It's like you go, let me take a look, and you go into the back room where there's like five boxes of Madden, and you like <laughs> cut open a fresh box, and you come out with one, and you go, last one, dude, and they go, oh my god, thanks, like. Like I, I did that like twelve times when uh, Madden <laughs> came out. The I, I only worked at a GameStop for a couple of months, but it was during a Madden season. It was, was during uh, during the Dreamcast launch and uh, that Madden of that year, and it was I like, dominated that GameStop. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Everybody came and looked for Madden. I, I got actually at one point. So you used to just stand around GameStop and do nothing. At one yeah. point, I had the entire back of the Fifty Cent video game memorized. Oh man, Fifty. I was about to say, yeah, and one thing that's happening in games is they're putting, like, 50 cent in video games. And that, that like, blood on the sand game, I see those. God darn it. We sure didn't answer that question. Yeah, I was about to. <laughs> I like, bet. I was about to really bring it in there. I bet. Oh, well. That Madden? That, uh, we'll have to chalk that one up as a loss. Number oh, eight. Man. The on-live service may or may not be in a lot of trouble, but is it even worth saving? Oh. I played OnLive once, and I didn't get it. There's like a little <laughs> bit of a lag, as far as I could tell. It's like, I yeah, feel like the consumer-facing service, no, is not worth saving. I, I, I promise that their subscriber numbers are basically nothing, and that uh, they're, they're not going to get any more good contracts. But the technology itself, yeah, maybe. I don't know how it compares to Gaikai, but obviously there's some value in Gaikai. There was a statistic where, like, both. yeah. The average number of users online at one time was something like 1,200, I think was the it, statistic. It was 2,000 maximum is what they said. Wow. I'm surprised it was that high, to be honest. <laughs> I really am. That's I, really low, though. I think, I, really low. Got the, uh, I think Gaikai's got the right idea, personally. Having played both Gaikai and OnLive, I was demoed both of them fairly recently. And, What's Gaikai uh, do? That's basically the same thing. Same thing. But they don't, they, have, they, don't, they don't bother with the stupid consumer-facing thing. They're, they just license their tech. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they sold their tech to Sony. Store. Yeah, well, now they did. Yeah. yeah. Before that. Sony's, so PlayStation 4. But OnLive wasted all these damn resources, like making a console. And yeah. Like, you know, having, having an interface for users and, and a whole, you know, subscription system and, and, you know, customer service and just wasted all the, like, that's not what you do when you when you create this technology. That's not what you do when you have cloud gaming working. You don't then sell it to the consumer. You sell it to companies. You sell it to, I don't know, Comcast or something. You don't. Well, sell I, under, I understand why they thought that they wanted to do that because you it know they a, they thought that they could become you know Valve. They thought that they could have a service that people could release games on directly and people with you know a low end PC but who had a decent. Um, internet connection like everybody else has would be able to play games that uh, on higher spec than they otherwise would want to. So I could understand why they thought that it was an okay idea. It just didn't work out primarily because they um, weren't as good at it as Valve is. And also they, they bought tons and tons of servers that they were locked into contract paying for that they weren't using because there were only 2000 maximum concurrent users. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So Sony bought the Gaikai. Is that good? It's, uh, it could possibly be used uh, to a good end for somebody with as much money as Sony currently has. Is it going to yeah. be Wonderbook good? or It's going to be better than the Wonderbook, period. Wonderbook, period. Yeah. 
down. Can we integrate the Wonder Book with the Gaikai? If we oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yes. So, so I like Frank. You you had did you, did you subscribe to OnLive? Uh, no, I had a press account. Oh, you had a press account. So yeah. you did you play like uh, any games? Like I I played a demo of like Batman Arkham Asylum. Was Batman Arkham Asylum on there? Or am I yeah, I, play, I played yeah. through Batman Arkham Asylum on OnLive actually. Oh man, so did you notice any lag? Uh, very slight, but only when I was like looking around with the camera. Oh. Um. Other than that, I didn't. And I had played through the game previously. Yeah. Um. And then I, I started playing it on online, just screwing it around, and I ended up playing through it again. It didn't feel any different to me. I I never felt like I was playing an inferior version of it. That's neat. Um, I, I maybe I just had a really good connection or something. I don't know, but it it worked just fine for me. Maybe maybe you had a special press account connection. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I, I think like had a was... server just just for me. It was yeah, like they, a crazy amount of lag, but I, it, it, it was kind of noticeable. I was playing Just Cause too. It was probably the only time I'll ever play that game. I played a demo of Batman, and sometimes it felt like I was talking to Batman on the phone, saying, "You know, you really should punch right now." And then he goes, <laughs> "Yeah, okay." It kind of felt like that for me. Can we design that game where you just have to call Batman and like give him advice? <laughs> that oh, yeah, uh, there you go. Video game, I would play that. I'm uh, I'm typing that up in my uh, fantastic billion dollar ideas document. Right the previous now. podcast, we already pitched a Metal Gear Solid where the characters actually call you on the phone for the codec. I want a Metal Gear Solid where I have to call Hideo Kojima and he has to write the dialogue for me as I play the game. <laughs> it would be great to play it from like the commander's point of view, like snakes fumbling around during the boss battle, and you you got to call them up. you got to get a signal, get a connection, and be like, plug the controller into controller port 2. you got to call Snake, and you got to be like, okay, Snake, I need you to go to the whatever. Now there's, that there's, is like a dating like, game. You have to be convincing about it. There's one really good part of OnLive that I hope uh, people manage to rip off somehow. Um, they have these things called brag clips, and as you're playing a game, there's a button on the controller. If you hit it, it automatically saves the last 10 seconds of whatever happened to your account as a video. That's fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, it's great. And you oh, go into, like, Just Thoughts 2, and you go into the top brag clip videos, and it's all just hilarious 10-second bugs. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's really fun. And I, I hope that, that it's somehow integrated to, into every future console. I think Sony Gaikai is probably going to have that covered. So at the yeah, very I least, think- that's worth saving. I think a whole lot, yeah. But I mean... This Cause 2 has this amazing thing where the way it handles two objects like touching each other for too long is that it just makes both of them blow up. Nice! (laughs) So like... That seems to be the founding game design principle of like the Grand Theft Auto series as well. So the top top clip for Just Cause 2 is that he takes off in a plane and he kind of hits a palm tree on the way up. And as he's flying, the palm tree is kind of stuck on the wing. And so he goes up like 50 feet or something, and then both the palm tree and the plane blow up. <laughs> There's some great not, stuff in yeah, that Just Cause like 2. Yeah, where yeah. fly, you fly into palm trees. There's yeah. a, a, there, there are a lot of things that weren't... Full? Yep. That's the third time Brandon has been interrupted. The palm tree game will be called Palm Pilot. Oh, oh. nice. Okay, number nine. What's the best rideable animal in a video game? Ride a blanimal. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, this Ride is one... animals is full of them. Okay, keep going, Brandon. This is one where, uh, this is one where uh, Jaffe is going to have a list of animals that we may cover. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to see if I can get a couple of them here just off the bat, because one is going to be the warthog from Nier. 
And it's a good one. Is going to be Rambly the Rhino from Donkey Kong Country? Yeah, all the Donkey Kong. Yeah, countries. no, the only and the only only the Rhino from Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, Rambly the Rhino. Not the swordfish. Only him. Not the other one. Swordfish is dumb. The Rhino feels real good. Yeah. Yoshi. 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 Dur. Yeah. Yeah. Yoshi. Badoy, as they Badoy. say. Badoy. <laughs> Yoshi, Yoshi, particularly because of the bongos that overlay yeah. when you uh, when you get them. Yeah. When you get on them. All yeah, the that... Zelda kids are going to be mad if you don't mention that dumb Epona? horse. Epona. I was about to say Epona, the horse Epona. from uh, from uh, Ocarina like of Time. Ocarinas. Even more in Majora's Mask. I like that they're keeping the Ocarina industry afloat. You always see those guys <laughs> at the convention. Those official Zelda Ocarina. You're like, oh, thank God. What, where are they going to advertise now that Nintendo Power is dead? Oh, that's a good question. Well, how am I going to know Game where to Informer? Play? Yeah. yeah, Game Informer is good because they got that at Game. They can't afford that. Oh yeah, Game and Game Afforder. <laughs> Game <laughs> and Informer. Since you can only buy, since you can only get it if you're shopping at GameStop. Or I liked riding the horse and shout at the Colossus. I don't know. I don't like that horse so much. People like that horse, uh, and it's like I like because it's like not entirely reliable, and it's like. I, don't I just like where they get you where you're going. I want my ride of Blanimal to listen to me, god darn it. Yeah, like the like the dang horse in Red Dead Redemption. That is a good horse. Yeah, RDR. That horse is a friendly, god darn. That, that horse is a real teddy bear. That horse is a puppy dog. Well, which my one? Horse, I mean, I, I tried to keep the first horse through my game, but it didn't work. Well, okay, once once I got a, a, one specific kind of horse that I wanted that, um, god, which one was it? It was the darkish black one. Um... Yeah, and I really liked that that horse. And then at some point, it died because of a stupid glitch in the game, and that is when I stopped. No, playing. no, no! It died because you forgot. No, you forgot to lead your horse to water. No, you know I, what? I There's just, a. Uh, I just want to say fact, that I, I had it right by the water. I just want to say that I had written down uh, near Super Mario World and Red Dead Redemption. There you go. Yeah, that's good. But, but you know, uh, there's, there's one horse in Red Dead Redemption that's like a special horse of the apocalypse kind of horse that yeah. lights people on fire if they touch it. Yeah. That's so, probably the best animal to run with. The Darksiders tie-in horse? Darksiders sucks. Darksiders, that horse looks like it's... <laughs> no, Darksiders 2 is actually kind of fun, but your horse is on fire and it looks dumb as hell. <laughs> well, that sounds, sounds You're like, like, man, I can't wait for my ethereal ghost horse to burst out of the... Sounds like Dark Realm, and I can ride into hell. Sounds like the ghost horse of the year. <laughs> ghost horse of the year. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, what, one animal I like in a game, one rideable animal is that big tentacle flailing cockroach thing that you ride at the end of Gears of War 2. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, well, wait a minute. And then, and then also the big giant stomping, uh, robot dinosaur, uh, thing with like cannons mounted on his head at the end of Gears of War 2. Those are really, really crunchy, rideable animals. Aren't um, those more rideablalians? Rideablalians, but they're alien animals. They're alien animals. Rideable alien sounds like a great kid's toy that I so, want to market and sell. <laughs> so, so Yoshi from Super Mario World, not from Super Mario Land World to Yoshi's Island because he's not. Well, really. that's the guy. Because yeah, yeah, that's you. You are the animal. Yeah. You are, so that's 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 the topic for another day: is characters with passengers. Yoshi's touch and go sounds ter- is not fun. Yeah, no. but there you can't even get off. Yoshi. He's not, yeah, yeah, that's not a rideable animal. That's a that's a. I guess you are Yoshi there. He just happens to have characters. With passengers char- are not rideable animals, even if they're animals. Okay. Which is point out, the best Yoshi. 
I want to point out again that Rambly, if there's a secret room, will just like lead you right to it if you touch it. Come yeah, on. He, he will burst into it. That guy just knows goes exactly right there. He's so, probably smarter than Donkey Kong. <laughs> of course he is. BT Dub right. got, uh, uh, rhinos are now extinct. Did you guys know that? What? No. Yeah, you didn't know that? Rhinos are extinct? Rhinos are extinct. Oh, are extinct. oh, yes. oh no. Look, Come on. look it up on the internet, baby. I saw a rhino at the zoo not like that long ago. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That one died? As of 2011. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm going to type rhino extinct. Maybe a specific breed. <laughs> Before, yeah, there, Western there might black be. rhino declared extinct November 10th, 2011. Yes, only yes, one yeah, okay. rhino. There are a whole bunch more types of rhino, Tim. Um, there are there are the, the the rhino that you think of when you think of the word rhino. That rhino is extinct. How what? are you going to know what kind of rhino I'm thinking of? You Before know. we go, I want you to. Know, address... I know what kind of rhino you're thinking of. No, you, I, no I'm thinking I, of Rocksteady. Yeah, Rocksteady, Bebop. Oh, he's not. And he'll never be extinct, baby. He's never going <laughs> to die. Come on. Before we run out of time, which we will soon, I want to give a special mention to Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which has a boxing kangaroo, a baby yeah. dodongo, and like a panda bear with tiny angel wings. Bomberman kangaroos, baby. I got those yeah. on my shelf. I, I want to make a game all about riding kangaroos. It's going to be called Ride a Blangaroos. <laughs> also, for for nostalgia reasons, I actually like riding uh, chocobos. Oh, ch- chocobos? What, what's the best chocobo to ride in a Final Fantasy, guys? Quick. The, the first one you ever rode, because they're all kind of crap. No, the one in Final Fantasy 12-2, where it plays the chocobo. Final Fantasy 12-2, you jack off. Hey, hey. 13-2. Hey. We're done. Time for our listener question. Aaron you asks, and he really was quite nice, so I'm paraphrasing here. Hey, you jerks! What the heck is wrong with Demon slash Dark Souls anyway? What's wrong with it is I just don't like it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I tried to pretend I liked it for like a couple of hours, and then I just I didn't like it. I kind of like it being bad, but like it's fun bad. I don't know. It just comes down to taste. I mean, I I can't say that it's a bad game. It's just when I just I don't. Like- I don't like the kind of thing that it wants me to do. It wants me to learn precise. It's definitely that calling Batman on the telephone experience when you hit a button and a move comes out a little bit later and you have to understand those timings and whatever stuff. I'm all about memorizing stuff. I just don't like memorizing tenuous weird things. I'm all about memorizing and I'm all about grinding, right? I played Dragon Quest, for example. I love those games. I'm all about, but memorizing and grinding in the same game just feels weird. And it's so floaty, and it's, you know, I understand that people are trying to, the the people that like it, they like how they can, uh, you know, keep tackling this same problem, and it's like, oh, that guy just defeated me, and now I'm going to go back there, and I'm going to figure out a new path, but... Get those brain chemicals unlocked when you... I kept trying to play it, and, uh, and, you know, I would be like, okay, I'm going to come around this corner, and, oh, there's a guy there, I'm going to hit my button to attack, oh, wait, my attack takes two seconds to come out, and he killed me already. I guess I need an entire different, uh, entirely different weapon loadout, and I need to plan a new thing for this corner trap for this jerk like that's not the kind of just, thing that i find yeah, fun. just for that part of the level and it's like i have people I, I try to give that exact same reason a lot and then i get people saying that the games feel fantastic and they've obviously never played god hand but they're like 
they're like, these games feel great. What are you talking about? What are you smoking? I feel like like Dark Souls is basically the sequel to Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Dark Souls is better. It feels better. Yeah, Yeah, just keep going at the same dungeon and being like, I hope this time, like, things go okay. I will say that I have not played Dark Souls yet, and many people have told me that it's better, and that some of the things that I don't like about Demon Souls are changed, and um, I will at some point maybe give it a shot, but it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty difficult like to to come to a game series where the first one turned you off so hard in spite of the fact that many people you like and respect said it was the best thing ever. To, to go to a second one and have to think about, okay, how am I going to attack this game that all of my friends love that I just do not enjoy at all? How am I going to go through this process again? It's like, so Dark Souls is better because it feels better, but I think that the structure of the game isn't quite there. Man, the level design and the atmosphere of, cool. of, of the first one is god darn phenomenal of Demon's Souls. Like, they, they really owned that environment feel like every environment is like a huge place that you know it feels like some huge seamless continuous enormous environment and that's that's fantastic i just wish it felt like really tight yeah um the soul series is kind of the spiritual successor to kingsfield how would you tie that in well i've heard that uh while demon souls was in development it started out just like a kingsfield game being extremely slow and the producer guy kept being real hard-headed about it and going, man, speed it up, speed it up. And they ended up doubling the speed of the game like four times to uh, just make it faster. And then it eventually it felt like an action game. And it was like, hey, it's pretty cool this way. Like, And I, 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 I can't say that that's a 100% reliable quote, but I remember the Sony, producer, like the Sony producer gave a talk at uh, GDC back in 2010. And like it was a really little talk on how Sony regrets not publishing Demon's Souls in the U.S. Like that was like the the story of the talk. And he was like, yeah, we just it was like really slow. And I told them to speed it up a couple of times. And it's like usually when you tell a game designer or, or, you know, to, to speed something up, like if anybody if somebody thinks your game is too slow, you just double it. Right. That's like the game design rule is double or half. If somebody says something is too fast, you half the speed. If they say it's too Street slow, Street Fighter Two Turbo, you double it. Yeah, exactly. They, I think Street Fighter Two Turbo, they doubled it twice. You know, like so. I mean, be four times. Yeah. So I. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's two to the second power. What other games would be good just doubling the speed? Oh man, a lot of them. Yeah. I wish every game should just have that as an option. Just be like, you want to turbo it? It might not be fun anymore, but can you imagine God Hand just? that fast. See, I think I think Demon Souls would have been cool really slow. And I yeah. again I still think it's cool at the speed it is. It's just you know, it's 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 not really designed as an action game. It doesn't and I mean, man, I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying that, but it's like it just doesn't feel like it's designed as an action game. And I feel like Dark Souls they went into it knowing that it was going to be an action game, which is what makes it better, but still not like my favorite. I mean, I like what it's trying to do. You know? I can conceive of it being my favorite game. If it felt just like Rondo of Blood, you know, if it was like that tight, if it felt just like a vintage Castlevania game, because I feel like they are the successor to the Castlevania uh, legacy, you know? 
Castlevania yeah, Lords of Shadow. Doesn't. Wow, that was four people talking at once. Sure was. We all said the same thing though. It was about Lords of Shadow. No, Lords, I didn't. Lords of, uh, Lords of Shadow is definitely not the successor to. That's Rather not a, ca- a That's one. not a Castlevania game, is it? That was a joke. That's the end of question ten, which brings us into our lightning round. But oh man, uh, but I love lightning. Ran against the buzzer for all ten questions. It's up to you guys entirely whether you want to do a lightning round this week. Let's do it. Okay, let's do Come it. On, Three minute yeah. lightning round. Why the heck not? Three minute, Three minute lightning round every week. Come up yes. with as many Mad Magazine style video game title parodies as you can. Go. Oh God. Oh my all, God. All Street Fighter Two Hyper Flatulence. <laughs> hey, game over right there. That's it. No, you gotta come gonna, back, gonna, guys. Come on, come on, I'm gonna, keep going. Call, I'm gonna repeat Call of Poopy in case no one heard it. Okay, nice. mine, mine are coming out too. Too Call of Dookie, really? I think. I, I was gonna say yeah. Super Netroid, where you fire basketballs out of your gun. Sure. <laughs> no, that, that's not a Mad Magazine style parody. It's not. No, that's what I'm saying. It's too clever. I'm I'm too smart for this. But keep going, guys. Um, King of Farters. Nice. King of Farters. I think there's a pattern here. Demons. Well, that's poo. Harlot Reach. Uh, Gears of Snore. Because oh yeah, it's perfect. Whoa. Dork Souls. Caliber. Hell no. Pole Caliber. Get it. Yeah, Cain and lunch. (laughs) 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 I'm just looking at the games on my shelf. Yeah, me too. Uh, (laughs) Dark Holes. (laughs) That's a little racy. What? They were a little racy sometimes. That was the whole idea. It was like a little bit racy. Uh, uh, Lost Odyssey. I can't think of one. Uh, Dad Island. Final (laughs) Fantasy 13, 14. (laughs) Slob of War. Did you guys like that Final Fantasy 13, 14? I thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, but it wasn't Mad Magazine style. No. New Super Mario Brothers PP. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's a good one. New New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Here's there are more video games in the world, right? Angry Turds. Angry, Angry Turds. Oh, there we go, Angry Turds. Yep. That's the one to beat now. I think there's one for Uncharted as well. You guys could... What <laughs> 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 am I thinking for Uncharted? Uncharted? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, that's Unchart. where I was going. Uncharted. I, I don't, I don't know what. The riddle. You guys, anything you do there? Based on a pattern that you guys have already established. Come Mad, on, Red. Mad Magazine established it. Please. Mad, Mad Magazine established the pattern. Uncharted. Come on, what's the rhyme? Oh Get man. Bongo and Kablooey. Bongo and Kablooey. Bongo and. Yeah, we need more weed jokes. Yeah. Weed joke. Yeah, yeah. A whole bunch of weed jokes. Red dead. Pothead. Pothead Redemption, I like that. I don't really have to. Katamari, I'm so high? That's a yeah. little stretch. That's that a little stretch. Katamari, that's it. That's all I got for that one. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, man. Blue, blue Dragon? Brown Dragon? Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Cunt Mission 4. Ooh. No, 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 no. Get a good one. Bile Shock. Bile Shock. Yeah. Flawed Hands. Well, <laughs> that's the end of what is probably the worst lightning round we've ever had. Claude? What? What is Claude?
clod hand. That's exciting. I, I guess the guy is already kind of a clod. Guys, guys, the lightning round is over. Lightning round is over, guys. The podcast is over. I'd We're like just saying clod hand. I'd like, like to thank. <laughs> I'd like to thank Vito for being on the show with us today. Vito, is there oh, anything you'd like to plug before we go? Do I what? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, uh, you can check me out on the nonocomedy.com. That's true. Yeah, that's He's where funny. Find him. Oh, and uh, Twitter, at Vito Giswaldi. How's that? You have some kind of art blog? Your name will be spelled. I have a lot of different things to plug. It would take a day. He has like a book he's writing as well. Yeah, go to StarRebellion.com. You can read my book. Yeah. It's not that bad. Go for it. Uh, if Star you, the listener, would like to send in a question or answer one of ours in an audio file under 60 seconds, you can email these things to podcast at insertcredit.com. Also, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or just talk about the show on Twitter using the hashtag insert credit. This is Alex Gorblak's Jaffe. Uh, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and every time you say audio file, I think of it with a PH, like you put it inside of a human, and then you send it. Audio file. Audio file is somebody who likes music. Yeah. I like likes the quality of speakers. We're saying our names still. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon Sheffield. Tim Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) And we're reminding you to play Bird Week every week. Bird Week. Podcast over, yeah!